This is DWMOD. That's disagree with me or don't, and you guys know it. And boy, are you going to get your chance to do just that over the next couple weeks. Because yes, it's that time again, and we are doing the NFL Playoff Challenge with my man Andy St. Clair and last year's winner, Anthony Finelli. Both will be back. We'll be giving our every week, just like last year. We will pick the winner. We will pick the winner against the spread. We will pick the over-under, and we'll be keeping a running tally. And at the end, when the Super Bowl champion is crowned, so shall an NFL playoff challenge champion be crowned. We're also going to throw you some teasers from our resident Vegas odds gambler, Andy St. Clair. I'm also going to throw you some teasers as well over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully put some money in your pocket. But here's the phrase you've all been waiting to hear since you click play on this episode. And it goes like this. But before we get to that, we want to get into a little something else. Brought to you by our favorite beverage, that brass monkey made with the official beer of the DWMOD podcast. That's Old English 800. Go ahead and get you one of those, and let's get going with quick hits. Big shout out to the NCAA National Champion Georgia Bulldogs and one of our own from the Calabasas High School Football Safe House family, Jermaine Burton. Congratulations, buddy, bringing home that trophy. If you guys don't know who Jermaine is, you saw him in the game, number seven for Georgia. You saw him about to break loose for that touchdown when my man from Alabama just flat out tackled him and took the 15-yard penalty because he knew he was toast. Now, I'm not mad at my man. That's a great, smart play by a DB in college football, but Jermaine was sure to get in the end zone on that play. Looking forward to next season, see what it brings for the kid. Phenomenal wide receiver, even better human being, great kid. And congratulations to you, buddy, from everybody over here at Calabasas. Big congratulations to T.J. Watt, Pittsburgh Steelers, for tying the NFL's single-season sack record at 22-and-a-half. We know that he matches that total that was set in 2001 by Michael Strahan and was held before Michael Strahan by the Jets' great defensive lineman and one of my favorite players as a kid, Mark Gastineau, who set the record in 1984 at 22 sacks before they were counting half sacks, I believe. And Mark Gastineau has been pretty outspoken in the last couple of years about how he believes that the sack record is his and solely his due to how Michael Strahan achieved that sack record in 2001 in the season finale. Now, we all remember that, and if you don't, you can go back and YouTube it. Um, You know, Strahan sacks Favre. We all remember the play at the end of the game. Favre kind of rolls out of the pocket half-assed nonchalantly. The game is not on the line. It's pretty much over. And he just kind of lays down and curls up and sits on the ground for Strahan to come over and touch him and get that sack. Now, I'm not the first one to say this, and a lot of people have said it, and it's true. Watch the video. I mean, he lays down to give Strahan the record. Now, I'm not saying right or wrong because none of us can speak to why Brett Favre did that. Maybe his uh, affinity for Michael Strahan as a competitor, maybe his respect for him as a competitor, you know, and I'm not saying right or wrong Michael Strahan to walk up and touch him and get that sack. I'm just saying Michael Strahan had 21 and a half sacks at that point. That sack gave him the record by half a sack, and we all saw the video, man. So to me, at that point, Mark Gassino's the real sack champion still. But now the sack champion is clearly T.J. Watt. I mean, he ties Michael Strahan's total at 22 and a half sacks. None of them controversial. None of them given to him. Earned every single one of them. Now, I know you're going to come back at me and say, yeah, but he got to play an extra game. So he played an extra game this year, so that's why he tied. So how can you say that? We also know that if we followed the season that T.J. Watt missed a game and a half for uh, injured groin. So 
he really played as many, if not half a game less, than Strahan did to get his. Either way, they're both tied for the SAC championship record, and, and I'm not mean anything disparaging towards Strahan. I loved watching him play. One of my favorite players, too. Um, you know, love that defensive line that beat Tom Brady in the undefeated New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. You know I'm a D-line guy. Much respect to Michael Strahan, one of the best to ever do it. Just talking about the record here. And tip of the cap to TJ. He holds that record now. And if anybody is a rules expert, you know, a deep dive rules expert, and can tweet us at the show here either way back and forth, would that sack that Strahan had on Favre even have counted in today's football? I mean, you know, Wade Favre had given himself up with the play have been deemed over and he wouldn't have been awarded a sack. I don't even know. But it doesn't matter. He's tied for the record. TJ's tied for the record. And congratulations to my man TJ Watt. Well deserved. Now let's talk NFL MVP really quickly. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. It should hands down be Cooper Cup. Now you can say whatever you want and hand out all these MVPs to these quarterbacks every single year when it's a quarterback's league. They're protected. Look, they're phenomenal players, man. Rodgers, Brady, they're phenomenal. The guys both 40 touchdowns, four or 5,000 yards. I mean, we get it, man. They went nuts. But if you want to just hand this award to a quarterback every single year and it doesn't matter what anyone else does, and I do say it doesn't matter what anyone else does because – I mean, we had a 2,000-yard rusher last year in Henry. He didn't get it. That's one of the rarest feats in football. I mean, you tell me how many times a quarterback has thrown for 4,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. be a pretty big piece of loose leaf you're writing on there, I would imagine. But 2,000 yards, how many guys have done that? And I'll tell you what, to win the Triple Crown and receiving most receptions, most yards, and most touchdowns in a season, I think he's in some pretty rare company there of like three or four guys ever to have done that. I mean, come on, man. At what point are we going to even consider other positions? These guys are achieving things that are, I mean, unachievable. I mean, these are crazy, crazy achievements, and they're cast aside because some quarterback had 40 touchdowns. I mean, I'm not, I'm not disparaging what Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers mean to the game and all that. They're great. They're phenomenal. But come on, man. This is the MVP award. When a guy does something like that, he should get the award. Cooper Cup should be the MVP for the NFL this year. And you can disagree with me or don't on that. And that brings us to the part of the show where I just like to tell people, to knock it off. All right, knock it off. Knock it off. To every idiot out there I heard on Sports Talk or anywhere in a damn grocery store, whatever, I don't care, talk about how boring that national championship game was for three quarters and how they can't stand to watch a football game like that. Nobody wants to see a game that's nine to six after three quarters. Please shut up. Knock it off. Knock it off. If that's your take, I'm telling you, if you were, if you're a professional sports talk host and you were on my show, if I was producing your show and you started talking like that, I would walk right into the booth and go to an emergency commercial and relieve you of your duties. You're fired. You can't be on my show. You can't talk football anymore on my show because you don't know anything about it. You just don't know anything about football. If you watched that game for three quarters and your take was how boring this is because there wasn't touchdown, 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 then you are a complete idiot. Knock it off. Knock it off. You have no idea the greatness you were watching. The ability of both coaches to not only scheme against the other team the way they did, but for those kids to pick it up and execute it at the level that they did. And for that game to continually go back and forth with everybody making the greatest football plays to keep the other team from gaining 
any kind of advantage. You were watching a master's class in football, and your take was, I'm bored. Knock it off. Knock it off. You're bored. Why? We're sitting here watching phenomenal athletes make phenomenal plays with such discipline and execution. I, I mean, it couldn't have been better football. Real football fans who knew what they were watching, we were sitting on the edge of our seat the whole time because everybody knew it's going to be the first team to make a mistake. The first mistake here is going to turn this thing for the other team. And man, did that happen when my man Stetson fumbled the ball on the incomplete forward pass, fumbled it inside the, inside the red zone there, and Alabama goes ahead and scores the touchdown. We all thought that was it. We all thought that was it. And then came your big plays and your big touchdown and the rally at the end of the game, which I would argue was far more exciting with the buildup to it than had they been doing that every single series from the first quarter. Look, there's a reason why ratings aren't that great for the Pac-12 and the Big 12 because nobody likes to watch a 62-58 to football game. Knock it off. Knock it off. This thing had all the ups and downs of phenomenal plays. Guys are going to watch in the NFL. I mean, it was a phenomenal football game. And to everybody who thought it was boring because it was 9-6, to six, you're an idiot, and please don't talk football to me. Knock it off. Knock it off. Oh, now that I've got that off my chest, let's talk a little Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Am I right? Reports out of Ann Arbor. My man wants out. He wants to head to the NFL. It's being reported by multiple sources, and I mean real sources, not tweets and some story on MLive or some shit like that. I mean, uh, when you got Glazer on TV making reference to the fact that Harbaugh, it's a fact, is calling around and feeling guys out as to who would like to be coordinators on his staff, uh, this is a dude that really, really, really is considering leaving and probably wants to. And I got to tell you, I'm going to defend him on this one because why not? I mean, let's be honest, man. It was fun. It was a dream season. They knock off Ohio State finally. They win the Big Ten championship. They go to the playoff. Now, that didn't go so well. They got their ass handed to them. But other than that, a great season. He finally gets the critics off his back. He finally gets over the hump. Didn't beat Michigan State again. But, I mean, come on. You can't be... Uh, you know, nitpicking all day long on stuff like that. It's a great season, but I'm going to defend him on getting ready to leave because, I mean, you can't honestly think that's going to be the norm now. I mean, there's nowhere to go but down from here. Uh, it's highly unlikely this is repeated again next year, especially with the exit of players that are happening this year. I mean, you're losing your heart and soul on the defense with Hutchinson. I mean, I'm not going to get into all the guys they're losing and how next year looks. That's a, that's for another episode. But what my point is, it's not very likely we're going to go ahead and beat Ohio State, run the table again, and get back to the playoff. You know, He's reached the top of the mountain for what he's going to reach. There's only one other step he could take, and that's winning the title, and he's not doing that in the next five years at Michigan. So why not hit the door now? It's not going to get any better than this. Go out on a high note, and then maybe everybody will forget, like, you know, you're three and 18 against your rivals. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not knocking him to say that. I'm saying that's a logical way to think about it. Get while the getting is good. I mean, there is some real grains of truth in that statement. I mean, the fact of the matter is, if he comes back next year, loses to Michigan State again, loses to Ohio State, they win nine. I mean, he's right back where he was before he got over the hump this year. Why go backwards? Why do that? And especially because of my next point, 
when the job comes around that you really want to have and it's available and they want you, you go take it. And it's no secret that the Harbaugh family and Jim Harbaugh has been extremely close with the Bears organization and Bears ownership since he was drafted and played there for years. You know, there's a real connection there. He'd love to have that job. And it's not a bad job to grab right now. Of all the jobs that are up, that team's got a built-in defense that can play. If he can get some offensive identity there in Chicago, that's a pretty good job to step right into. And because of his ties to the team and the city, they're going to give him time. This isn't going to be a guy that's going to be raked over the hot seat coals time and again and time and again and time and again and just going to frustrate and stress the guy out until he's making a million mistakes and then he's just like nagging he's out the door. They're going to give him time. It's a great job. Now, that being said, none of us predicted a Big Ten championship, honestly. None of us predicted a Big Ten championship and a win over Ohio State this year. But I'm trying to remember where I did hear a prediction on what was next for Jim Harbaugh Where did I hear that before? For my money, I think he's going to be the coach of the Bears next year. I knew I had heard myself say that last year. I was fairly certain I had heard somebody, and it was myself, say that last year. But hey, I wish him the best. Let's get this coaching uh, search started, and let's see what's uh, the next chapter in Ann Arbor, because the program's left in pretty good shape, and let's see if they can get somebody to take them permanently over the hump. Now, it's time for the NFL playoffs. We love it. We enjoy it. And if you're going to be enjoying the games this weekend, please do yourself a favor. I mean, I'm not even going to tell you to do yourself a favor because you know better. You know to do it for yourself. You're not doing yourself a favor. Go ahead and get yourself some Fago Pop, some Better Made Chips to enjoy the games this weekend. Do it. And while you're at a Fago and while you're at a Better Made, please. Please hear our cries from DWMOD, and there is no disagreeing with me on this one because you can't and you shouldn't, so don't. You need to get my man Lou Nichols from Central Michigan University, fire up chips, put him on a pop bottle, put him on a bag of chips, have everybody in town walking into every party store and every gas station in town talking about fire up chips and getting themselves a red pop and a red hot bag of chips with my man Lou Nichols on there. Let's support our own Detroit verse everybody. And with that, let's get to the moment. Let's get to my man, Andy St. Clair. Let's get to last year's champion, Anthony Finelli. And let's get down on some picks for this year's NFL playoffs. Yes, I'm Mikey Wilson, and this is DWMOD. You Touchdown! Welcome to the Detroit Bad Boys, Cade Cunningham. Let's roll. Down! Hut! 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 It's 2021, and Sweet Lou Whitaker is still not in the Baseball Hall of Fame. An atrocity. Ready? Aw, Lions fans drinking that Kool-Aid. Super Bowl! Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. Hut! Hut! The Dan Campbell era has officially started in Detroit, and I'm all in simply for the change in culture that it'll bring. Let the next guy worry about winning. I love it. Good riddance to the greedy NCAA who decided they wouldn't share one penny of their billions in profits with players. Instead, they'll let name, image, and likeness pay the players. Bye, NCAA. You're no longer needed. Ready? Major League Baseball's sticky tack on the mound trials were nothing more than a witch hunt to hide the fact that it's home run or bust at the plate no one can hit anymore. Hey, disagree with me or don't. That's how it works. 
Yes, now before we make these picks, let's just have a quick recap of our NFL previews that we did before the season, myself and Andy St. Clair, and see where we stood on those. Now, as you guys know from listening to the show, we picked everything at the beginning of the year, so let's run through them really quick. Starting in the AFC, we both had the Chiefs taking the West, and they did. We both had the Bills taking the East, and they did. And here's where we separated. In the South, I had the choking Colts taking the division, and Andy had the Titans rightfully so. And in the North, we both took the Browns, giving Andy three out of four, giving me two out of four. But as we move over to the NFC, I'm going to quickly even things up here. Starting in the NFC West, I took the Rams. Andy took the Seattle Seahawks, so that puts us tied at three apiece, and we're going to stay that way because we're going to move through the East in the NFC. We both took the Washington football team, blanked us, zero. In the South, we both took the Bucks, one more point each for four. And in the North, we obviously both took Green Bay, giving us both one more point, five. We both went five for eight in picking division champs, and that was pretty damn good. As far as wildcard teams in the NFC, Andy nailed two out of three. Uh, he took the Rams to make it as a wild card. They made the playoffs, but they won the division. Uh, he also took the Cowboys to make the playoffs this year. And his last pick, the Falcons, did not. But I'm going to give him a nod on that one because that was way outside the box. And the Falcons did finish 7-10. and 10. You know, they were flirting with 500 there. And nine wins would have got you into the playoffs. And they were pretty close on a couple of games. So I'll give you a tip of the cap on the Falcons there, buddy. I didn't see that one coming. Now, for me in the NFC, I took the 49ers, I took the Seattle Seahawks, and I took the New Orleans Saints. So I only got one out of that group there, but the New Orleans Saints, I mean, we all know who that finished. I mean, they handled their business, they won their last game. They just needed the Rams to close out the Niners, and they couldn't. The Niners took it in overtime, and the Niners got in. So close on New Orleans, but no cigar. I only got the one. The Niners. So let's move over into the AFC. And in the AFC, Andy had the Patriots, who made it. He also took the Pittsburgh Steelers, who did make the playoffs. And he also took San Diego, who did not. I had the clean sweep in the AFC. I took the Titans to make the playoffs. They did, although they won the division. Had them as a wild card. Either way, they made the playoffs. And then I also took New England to make the playoffs. And I had the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs so a clean sweep in the AFC for me gives us a complete tie in our preseason picks I will however say I am proud of two predictions I made that the Baltimore Ravens would be out this year and I also predicted against everybody else that San Diego would not be as great as everybody thought and they would not make the playoffs and I was right about that by a field goal So we will see if either one of us had the Super Bowl predicted correctly. I uh, probably will not, as I had the Los Angeles Rams beating the Cleveland Browns. The Rams are still in it, but they don't look like a front runner right now to me. Brown's a bit of a homer pick. They didn't even make the playoffs. And for Andy, he had Tampa Bay and Buffalo, and he had Buffalo winning the Super Bowl over Tampa Bay. That's very much still alive, and he could win this thing. But who cares about any of that? Because now we know what teams are in the playoffs, and we're going to get to picking some games right now. All right, guys, it is time again. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for coming back and do this thing again. And let's just jump right in to it the first game on the docket this weekend the las vegas raiders who got into the playoffs last week in fantastic fashion by deciding to kick the field goal not tie the game to bump out the pittsburgh steelers we all were watching that it was pretty entertaining but we got raiders at bengals okay the bengals are the favorite they're dropping five points and the over under is 49 and a half 
Now let's start with last year's champ, Anthony Finelli. Lay down your wisdom on this game. So I'm going to go dive into this super wild card weekend. All right, first game, we have uh, Raiders versus Bengals. We have Bengals as a five-point underdog and the over-under at 49. Um, I still can't get over the fact that the Raiders almost lost to my Browns quarterback by Nick Mullins um, and with a depleted Browns roster missing 22 guys for COVID protocols. So I'm going to take Bengals. I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take the Bengals at minus five as well. I hate to say it, but I don't know. I'll cheer for the AFC North for right now. Well, that was short, sweet, and confident right there, buddy. All right, not to brag, but I am the reigning champion of picking these playoffs. One year running, no big deal. Well, you're right about that. No matter what else you achieve in life, they can never take that away from you. Mr. Andy St. Clair, tell us what you think, man. Raiders at Bengals. All right, Mikey, wildcard weekend's here. Let's go playoff time. I love it. Something about wildcard weekend, though, you should know, is that it generally favors, in the last four or five years, it favors the dog and it favors the under. So you're going to see me playing the under a lot. Probably going to play some dogs, but I don't think I'm going to play a dog here. This is going to be one of the favorites I choose, um, mainly because I don't think that Raiders team is going to get it done. Look, they, they scored like 17 points, like six of the last eight weeks or something ridiculous. Like they just don't score enough points. And, and I think the Raiders are going to have a hard time with teams like the Bengals or the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs have beaten them like 89-25 in two games. So uh, not to mention, Burrow didn't play last week. Mixon didn't play last week. Chase didn't play last week. The Bengals basically had a bye last week. They didn't, they didn't really care about who's uh, getting that three seed compared to the four seed. So uh, give me the Bengals, minus five. Give me the under, 49 and a half. I found a score of like 31-17, you know, 28-10. It's going to be in that area. Listen, the Raiders are dangerous, okay? Carr has been great in the ways that he needs to, all right? I mean, he can go over 300 yards and bomb his way to the finish or just stay within the offense when they're leading and just hand off the rock to Jacobs. I mean, the defense is playing well lately. They're more than capable of winning this game. I think it'll be close for a little while, but give me the Bengals. I mean, nobody has been better than Joe Burrows down the stretch. And by the way, is that kid living the dream? I mean, you grow up right near there. That's your hometown team. You love it. You want to play for them. They stink. You get drafted number one over overall by him and you've turned them into division champions in a couple of years the kid is living the dream and nobody has been better down the stretch and that's off to the Bengals because they nailed the draft by taking chase for him to throw the ball to putting those two back together instead of drafting an offensive tackle like everyone else said they should have why listen to anybody else when you know what the hell you're doing I mean, these two can hang you at high noon in a heartbeat. Not to mention, it's going to be like 35 degrees and snowing in Cincinnati that day. All right? That ain't Vegas. I'm telling you, it's going to be who day all day. Raiders get frozen out in the fourth quarter. Bengals, minus the five. Give me the under of 49 and a half because of the weather. I'm going to say Bengals 27, Raiders 17. And let's keep this bus moving on up to Buffalo, man. We got the New England Patriots against the Buffalo Bills, minus four and the over-under set at 44. Andy St. Clair, let's stay with you, buddy. All right. I love this game. Look, I, I'm going to take the Pats plus four, and I'm going to take the under at 44. Just to go back to what I was saying in that Raiders-Bengals one, is that you're, you're going to want to take the under. You're going to want to take the dog. And this is, look, the Bills, I think, are probably, if it's going to be Bills-Chiefs next weekend, you know, everybody's going to think that that is uh, the AFC Championship game. And I'm going to tell you, it's probably not. Like, Titans are getting no love, and they're, they're just sitting at home, and they're in the final eight, basically. Anyway, I'm going to take the Pats at plus four here. I, I just, it's a really a bet on Belichick. 
I don't love taking Mac Jones. I don't love taking a rookie on the road uh, going to Buffalo. But Buddy, I got to jump in here and say you're going against your own Super Bowl pick here, man. You picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Now you don't like them as the home favorite in the first round? Buffalo hasn't. They were blowing out teams early. They weren't really blowing out teams late. And I think... You know, the Pats have been kind of swooning. I think they're probably, you know, the one of the worst playoff teams we have, at least in the bottom three. So uh, I just, I'm just betting on Belichick. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm going to take Coach Belichick for sure. Give me the plus four and give me the under. Give me that defense. Let's watch the Pats kind of just run the ball, control the clock, slow it down. That style game. Give me the plus four. Give me the under. Well, you usually can't go wrong just siding with Belichick. I'm not going to hate on you for that. It's a good reason. Anthony, who you got? Explain yourself. Nailbiter. Bills are a four-point under, excuse me, four-point favorite, and the over-under is at 44, which means the weather might be a little bit bad. Now, this this has gone crazy this year, right? Both beating each other on each other's home's turf, but I think the Bills finally get out of little brother situation for the second year in a row with the Patriots, um, but I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to take the over because I don't trust either of these defenses. I'm going to take the over, and I'm going to take the Pats with the points, but I'm going to take the Bills to win the actual game. All right, splitting them up here. I'm not mad about that. Hey, we're all excited for round three in this one here, right? Well, here's the deal. Fun little fact for you. Check the injury report for this game. The Buffalo Bills have no injuries to report in January. That's not a good sign for anybody. Quite frankly, it's unheard of in the NFL. Weather conditions for the game, 30 degrees and sunny. That's right in both teams' wheelhouse, meaning everything's on the table for the Bills' offense in this one. And Josh Allen is no General Cornwallis. He's more than capable of putting down a Patriot uprising. And he will. The Pats will try and hold the ball for sure and trust Mac Jones to just manage the game until they find themselves trailing, and then all bets are off. Listen, New England's defense will keep them in it, and Belichickonomics will be in effect. But at the end of the day, the market crashes because there's just too many bills to cover. Buffalo covers and give me the over. Bills 30, New England 16. All right, moving over to the NFC. Let's talk. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Philadelphia Eagles. Anthony, what do you think, buddy? I'm going to be a fanboy here. I have a connection with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, yeah, but the golden boy is the golden boy, and he's got the weight of uh, Antonio Brown lifted off of his shoulders. Um, and the Eagles are in Tampa Bay. Weather's probably going to be pretty good there. But I'm going to take Eagles. Uh, I'm going to take the Eagles points at eight and a half. But I'm going to take Tampa Bay winning outright, and I'm going to take the over of 46 as well. Okay. All right. I think I'm beginning to see a pattern of strategy for you here, splitting everything up. We'll see how this plays out for you. But eight and a half is a lot of points in a playoff game. Tom Brady, uh, eight and a half point favorite. And I think we have the over under at like 46 or so. Let me let me say this. I, this game makes me nervous, right? It's a great teaser game. You want to tease. I think, the, I think Tampa Bay is going to win. Tease this game. And, and I'll give you my uh, teaser plays as well. I'm going to take the Eagles at plus eight and a half. They're going to run the ball. Here's a lot of reasons not to like the Eagles, by the way. Rookie head coach, uh, Jalen Hurts, first start, a lot like Mac Jones, but I took Mac Jones. Their running back situation is, is you know, they got blown up by Dallas. They got like three or four running backs, and we're not quite sure who's starting. Um, but here's my main reason. Tampa Bay, when you think of Tampa Bay, and you might have even said this, or Anthony said it, is great against the run. My argument is they, they're not that great against the run. I mean, Hubbard, for a dead man walking Carolina Panther team last week, almost ran for 100 yards on him. I think the Eagles can do it. I think they can run on him. And I think Hurts will get out of the pocket some. Uh, so I'm going to take the Eagles 
plus eight and a half. And you know what I'm going to do? I am going to uh, give me the under. Give me the Eagles plus eight and a half. I'll give it to you. You are sticking to playing that under, and you are giving the rookies all the cookies this weekend, my man. You guys had a lot of love for the Eagles, and why not? I mean, nobody's giving the league's leading rushing football team a chance in this one. I mean, the Eagles ran the ball better than everyone. And yes, I also believe they have no chance in this one. I mean, look, Hurts is Hurts, and he's fine, but, I mean, he's no threat to go down the field. And that leads to too many third downs unconverted, too many possessions with no points, and that leads to punking to the GOAT, (laughs) Brady. Now, look, I don't want to hear AB's gone and, and Godwin's out and Evans is banged up, and guess what? He's still got more weapons than he ever had in New England. I mean, the Eagles are simply placeholders for a Tampa Bay warm-up game, and Philly can't buck the system. It's cannons all day in Tampa Bay. They cover the over. They cover the 8.5, and, and they totally blast the Eagles. Bucks 38, Eagles 17, and Eagles fans go all Eagles fans. They take to the street with torches. They demand that everybody gets fired, and they also demand a trade of Hurts by midnight or they're going to blow up a hospital. Hey, that's how they do do it in Philly, man. Now let's talk about my favorite game of the day. The Red Hot 49ers against the Dallas Cowboys. I'll expect this one to be hotter than a junkie spoon. Let's stay with Andy. What do you think about this one? All right. San Francisco at Dallas. We have Dallas at a three-point favorite. Over-under is 50 point five fifty and a half you know i love san francisco here at plus three i really really love them at plus three and a half i think i think the half point is super important in this game uh, for our contest we have them at three i'm still going to take san francisco because san francisco is maybe the best teams that can run the ball and i think dallas has a great defense but i do think they also like tampa bay have a little bit of weakness about teams that can run against them you can run against dallas so i think what shanahan's going to do is I think he's just going to give him a steady diet of running. I don't think Jimmy G is going to go too crazy. Um, I think San Francisco's tough. Uh, kind of a nightmare uh, matchup for Dallas. Also, I, I believe Dallas is the good, bad team in the playoffs, right? They're the team that Dallas just beats up. They destroy bad teams. Boy, every time Dallas has played a good team this year, they've lost. And they they will continue to lose. And I think they'll lose this week. Give me the under. Give me San Francisco. Yeah, I can't argue with any of that, man. I mean, it all sounds dead on to me. Uh, what do you think about that, Anthony? I'm going to take the under on that. I think both have a... Uh, I don't like the Cowboys, and I think the 49ers are starting to play a lot better, and I think the Cowboys already hit their stride earlier in the season. So I'm going to take the Niners with the points and to win outright and take the under. That's the champ right there. Short, sweet, to the point, and my man knows what he wants. That's the champ right there. For me, this is the best matchup of the week. This is the best matchup of the week. Both of these teams do exactly what I preach. They can run the ball and they play defense, but the Cowboys have not been running it well as of late, and the 49ers have. Both teams are physical as hell on defense, and it's not even close as to who's more physical on offense. I mean, you want to talk physicality on offense? We're talking about the 49ers running the football. We're talking about George Kittle and the yak attack. And wait, what's that? Oh, shit. Become Debo. Who? Debo. Oh, shit. It's Debo. And it's the 49ers all day. I mean, it's going to come down to quarterback play. And everybody says it's Dak, Dak, Dak. I mean, Dak, he's better than Jimmy G. Is he better than Jimmy G? Yeah, he is. But is it night and day? No, it's not. And Jimmy G can easily play well enough to win the game. Bad luck for the Cowboys on the draw because this Niners team is the team 
that nobody wanted to play for a reason. And my man Debo has just got one question for the Cowboys. But you got my 40, homie. That's right. Give me the Niners, give me the points, and give me the over. Because it's going to be 49ers 27, Cowboys 24 in overtime. And when you see those Cowboy fans, let them know. You got knocked the fuck out, man! All right, moving on to a game that I'm pretty sure we're all going to agree on right across the board. Let's talk about the Chiefs and the Cinderella Steelers. Andy St. Clair, you are the Kansas City Chiefs super fan. You go first. All right, here we go. Steelers at Kansas City. Look, it's going to be hard for me to hide my homerism here, but let's do it. Uh, let's at least attempt. 13 is a lot of points in any NFL game. I would, Mike, you know I would tell you this. It's too many points. You got to take you absolutely got to take the points, right? That's what I would tell you. I would even tell you, you know, you want to put a tease on that, tease them up, put them, tease them up to 20, do that, blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's let's not do that, though, in this game. I just don't understand what Pittsburgh's going to do. Again, it's the, Pittsburgh's kind of like a worse version of the Raiders. They got blown out by Kansas City. They got blown out twice by the Bengals. Those teams put up points. Those teams are bad for Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, you know, noodle arm, Roethlisberger is not going to get it down the field. You know, it's not like he's Burrow and that's Chase. This is old, retiring Ben Roethlisberger. So I I like this Chiefs bet. I like the Chiefs up to even 14. I would take the Chiefs. Uh, So I'm just going to take the Chiefs. This game's going to be like, I don't know, 31-10, 31-14. Give me the under. Give me the Chiefs minus 13. Gosh, we have it at oh, 46 and a half. That under's tight. That under's tight. But I'm, I'm going to take the under. Normally in these kind of games where if a big spread and you're going to take 46 and a half in the under, you would normally take the the dog and the under. But I'm going to take the favorite, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the under. Oof. Well, I see you're breaking your rules. You're breaking your rules now, Andy. <laughs> All right, Anthony. Too many points for you or what? What do you think? Taking that over. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win, but I'm going to take the Steelers to cover those points, regardless what Big Ben had to say the other day. Yeah, we all heard that. It was, like, weird, man. Like, he was almost conceding that they were going to lose. But, ah, you know, nobody thought we'd even get here. What a lot of fun. What fun is this? But I think we're going to lose the game. But, man, how fun. (laughs) That's what it sounded like. But I see what you're doing there again, splitting them up, trying to cover a lot of points here, splitting them up. We're going to see if this strategy works for you. All right, I'm going to agree with Andy here. Um, 13 points is just a lot of points. But I'm also going to agree with Andy here that, you know what, it ain't enough for the Steelers team right now. And 46 and a half, that's the over-under? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you this. It's going to be short and sweet. I mean, next to Belichick, Tomlin is the best coach in the league. We can all agree on that. Big Ben has had a Hall of Fame career for sure. And he's making the playoffs this year was just a, a huge uh, bonus to his swan song no pun intended but that being said uh, this swan song is looking like the benjamin button version of the ugly duckling i mean it's heading right backward to ugly and it's going to be bad i'm chiefs in a route for 100 reasons i won't even get into here okay so give me the over by the chiefs alone probably give me chiefs 41 steelers 10 Uh, enjoy the sunset ben tip of the cap man enjoy the ride 
And that brings us to our last game. It's going to be a Monday night football playoff game for the first time ever. And this one should be fun. I think this is going to be the second best game of the week. We got the Rams. We got the Cardinals. Rams are a four-point favorite. They're laying four points. 49 on the over-under. Anthony, what do you think here? All right, Cardinals versus Rams. I think this is the most intriguing game because Cardinals started out so hot. And they're 8-1 and on the road, which is just super weird. And Matthew Stafford's going back to his Lions days of being a little bit too hot and too cold. Rams are a four-point favorite, um, but I think they got too much momentum going on their side. They ended their year really, really strong. So I'm going to take the Rams. I'm going to take the Rams uh, at minus four, and I'm also going to take the over in this one. All right, buddy. You are captain over. You are lord of the over this week, taking the Rams. Uh, what say ye, Andy St. Clair, about this Monday night matchup? Last game. We have the Rams a four-point favorite over under 49 and a half. Okay, here's my thing. You you always want to fade Cliff Kingsbury uh, no matter what he's coaching. And it's not my thing. Everybody knows this thing. But you fade him come like November. And Arizona's just going to be bad. And this Arizona team did exactly that. They were were just bad the last, you know, six, eight games or whatever. Um, But, 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 I will say Arizona is eight and one against the spread on the road like for some reason on the road they, they're they're better than they are at home so um i i think you're going to want to take arizona plus four and then over under at 49 you know i i i'm, I'm going to take the under i'm just going to take all the unders i think it's better even though i know we know we we saw arizona blow the doors and i think they hit the over and they're blow the doors off the Rams if the, whenever they played here in L.A. I just I just think it's going to be same. Give me like a field goal game. Give me, uh, give me the plus four. Give me the point. Zona and the under. All right, man. Sticking to it again. Under, under, under. Going to take Arizona and the four points. Look, I'm going to agree about one thing. This is a pick em for sure. I mean, close your eyes and throw a dart. I mean, the Rams are exactly where they didn't want to be after blowing that game to the 49ers, right? A matchup with Kyler Murray. For the third time. I mean, they could have had the Eagles. Oof. They blew that one. All right, that being said, I'll take the Rams in this one because, I mean, that veteran defensive line accompanied with Jalen Ramsey and the fact that Hopkins is out, I mean, Murray will look like a wild steer in a rodeo. I mean, sure, he'll get loose. He'll wear everybody down. But at the end of the day, he's going to wind up cornered and roped because he had no help from the herd. Stafford's going to be better in this one than everybody thinks he's going to. He's been waiting for this moment since he got robbed down in Dallas. I mean, he's going to step up and play well, and I'm going to say that the Rams' cup runneth over. as they'll take the lead late, and then they'll just ram it down their throat with Sony surround sound. I mean, it's just not in the cards this year for Cliffy. Look, there's a lot of bad puns right there, but that was fun, right? But I'm going to give Cliffy and Kyle this. I'm going to take the cards, and I'm going to take the points, but I'm going to take the Rams to win the game and also give me the over in this one. Give me Rams 31, cards 29. And that's a wrap, guys, for our picks on the first week. So before you get out of here, Anthony, I just want to tell you one more time, thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll see how you do this week. But be ready because I'm going to need some more picks next week, buddy. Now, Andy and I are going to stick around just throw out a couple of teasers to everybody. But for you, my man, we'll see you next time. Fantastic.
All right, Andy, throw us a couple teasers real quick. Let's help some people make some money this weekend. What do you got? This is uh, my teasers. Uh, just just want to have it, just in case you're talking teasers. I'm going to do three-team teaser, six points. Um, all right, so first off, I'm going to tease San Francisco up to nine, nine and a half, whatever. I'm going to tease Arizona Cardinals up to ten. And I think I would tease the New England Patriots up to ten as well. That would be my three-team teaser. You know, if you're looking for another one, you know, I've, a fun one is I would do Phil or Philly. I would do Tampa Bay down to like two, two and a half. I'd probably uh, cross the line for this one. I'd take Cincy up to plus one. You know, I don't like that crossing the line, but I would do it for this. And then uh, I was doing another one. I would just for fun. I would, you know, I, I would. I would probably throw San Francisco back in there at plus nine. I just love San Francisco this week. Oh, crossing the line, crossing the line. I know you don't like that. I do it quite often, and you do not like that. But you're thinking about doing it this week. <laughs> I'm just busting your balls, buddy. Hey, I'm pretty close to the same thing here. I'm going to throw you one three-team teaser. My three-team teaser, I'm going to tease the Kansas City Chiefs down to minus seven i just think they're going to be pittsburgh by more than seven i'm going to tease the patriots up to 10 and i'm going to put that with the cardinals teased up to 10 and that's my three-team teaser for the week now for fun i'm also going to play a six-team teaser i'm going to try to do all the games on a teaser and here's how i'm going to do it i'm going to take that bengals plus one i'm going to tease the patriots up to 10 I'm going to tease Tampa Bay to minus two and a half. I'm again going to take San Francisco. Uh, I'm going to tease them up to plus nine. I'm going to tease the Chiefs down to minus seven. And I will tease the Cardinals to ten. I mean, why not play the six-team teaser this week? We'll see how that goes. I hope you guys win some money. And before you get out of here now, uh, Andy, before we let you go, again, man, just want to thank you for your time, buddy. And uh, be ready for next week. We'll see you next time. Good luck. Tease. Make your money. Win.